Hi, you're listening to Living Life on Purpose, and I'm your host, Matt Wilson. The goal of this show is for us to sit down with successful people who also live a life of purpose. We want you to hear their stories, understand that they've had to overcome adversity, how their faith has played a role, and ultimately we want you to be encouraged by the things that you hear so that you can walk through similar situations. We hope you enjoy. Here in the studio with Bert Danner. Bert is a formal U.S. Naval officer having served in various aviation assignments throughout the U.S. and Europe. He now works as a business development strategist and writer in the area of sales, leadership, and personal development. He recently wrote a book, Conquer, where he describes his journey from the poverty and struggles of his childhood growing up in the American Deep South to his career as a naval officer. Today, Bert works to inspire individuals and organizations to live and operate at their very best, living according to principles that produce growth, resilience, and hope. Bert, it's an honor to have you here today. Matt, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, and and so uh, a little backstory: uh, Bert and I became friends. We met through Lifetime Fitness, where we both work out, and and ultimately got in small group together, and uh, the the friendship really developed from there. But but probably uh, three four years, we've been friends, and. Uh, very thankful to uh, to call you a friend, and it's it's awesome to see what you've been able to do with this book. You know, Matt, it's it's been a great uh, experience just getting to know you and and Jamie and your family, and just uh, your example to everyone uh, in your sphere of influence. So, just uh, just an honor to get to know you. So, thanks again. Oh, I definitely appreciate that, and it's uh, it's mutual respect, and um, always. Fun when we get together for lunch, you know, it, it's always an encouraging conversation and it's uplifting. And, you know, I just want to let you guys know that, that I read this book in two days and, and I like to read anyway, but um, I don't know that there are many books that I've finished that quickly. Um, I, and I, if there were, then there were definitely, um, you know, books that I read to my daughters at night, but uh, it was, it was just such a great read and it was an easy read. But it was also very uplifting and inspiring. And, you know, we're here in the midst of 2020. Uh, everything that could go wrong has gone wrong. Uh, COVID and, you know, the economic uncertainty, all these different things. And so to just read something like that and have a resource like that, I think is extremely helpful. So, so Bert, kind of walk us through what the book is about and kind of your mindset in uh, why you decided to write it. Yeah, so so the book is composed of three sections. Uh, the first section is is a short autobiography, if you will. So it talks about my childhood and just some of the experiences I had growing up in South Alabama. Uh, you know, if you're from Alabama, you could relate to a lot of the experiences. Um, so, but going along with that, just some of the, the poverty and some of the challenges I, I grew up in and I, I I write about that, and I I think it's probably a story that's not unusual, uh, maybe not too unique, but it's something that um, that you know maybe some kids and some some people that grew up in a similar situation can relate to. But I, I speak to that, and then I talk about some of the challenges I overcame and just pursuing some goals. Um, so for me, you know, my biggest goal in life was to to be a naval officer and to uh, to, to fly airplanes. And, and I eventually did that. So I, I, I 
attained my goal. I, I, you know, did everything I wanted to do. And so I, I bring the reader up to that, to that, that part of my life. So I'm about 29 or 30 years old, uh, living the dream, you know, married at the time, uh, still married, but at the time, just a newlywed with Juliana and we're living in Europe and just having a great experience. And so out of the blue, I get a letter that states that, you know, my time on active duty came to a close. So, you know, I bring the reader up to that point. And for me, that was the the biggest setback in my life. It was really um, something that I didn't see coming. And, uh, you know, for several years after that experience, I was really affected in a negative way, um, as you can imagine. Um, you know, landed on my feet, working a great job. Um, but you know, on the inside, I was just really not in a good place. And so that lasted for about a good seven to 10 years. And I say seven to 10 because the, you know, the first seven years after active duty and just really trying to walk through that, it was, it was definitely a challenging time, definitely a dark time. And then I'd say around year eight is when I really started coming out of that. And I think a big part of that was coming back to Alabama and uh, really focusing on my life and, you know, my, in, in my faith. And I talk about that in the book and I think, you know, just my relationship with God and just him walking with me through that whole experience was such a key part of that. But the second part is a lot of, you know, practical tools and tips, you know, some things I learned along the way, not only in the military, but also just since then, in the, the year since my time in the Navy and just things I learned in my faith walk and also just practical things you could use every day um, to, to become resilient, to become stronger mentally and spiritually. And then finally, the third part of the book is about, you know, finding hope. And so, you know, in this year, something uh, that we've all faced is just a shortage of hope, you know, for some. And so I wanted to speak to that and just what I had to say. And, and for me, that was just really um, getting serious about my walk with God. And I just make a, a good case as to why there's a huge vacuum of hope in our society. And I think, in my opinion, I think it's just, uh, there's just a vacuum of God in our life. And so once we address that, then we can get some more hope in our life. We can get additional resilience in our life and strength. And so I try to make my best case for that. Well, and you make a great case for it. And, um, you know, Bert, one of the things that I love about you is, is you're extremely humble. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I'm going to, to kind of toot your horn for you uh, because, you know, the, the impact of the story is, you know, growing up in poverty. Well, you know, there are different levels of poverty and there are different elements of, of what that looks like. And so, you know, from reading the book, you know, you share that, that you grew up in essentially housing projects and you were there until you were 18 years old and you were a caregiver for your parents. And, and ultimately you were working, you know, odd jobs while, you know, being a fine arts and then also a football player. So, you know, in balancing school, uh, fine arts, football, and working and, and taking care of your parents, you had a lot of responsibility at a young age. But with that, you heard from a naval recruiter who gave you the opportunity to kind of break out of that mindset. And, 
you know, your parents were not bad people, but they just didn't know any better way to kind of break that mold. And you saw, you know, kind of a, a, a just a sliver of hope, a, a possible doorway to get out of that situation. And and again, there was even the possibility, you know, if I leave, who's going to help take care of my parents? That was a part of your mindset that you share, but you knew that you had to do something different and you you just really had this urge to go out and and try to create a better life for yourself. And in doing that, you didn't allow the limitations of, you know, the the place that you grew up in and the surroundings that you saw every day to determine the course of your future. And so, you know, that to me, um, you know, it took a lot of courage and it took a lot of, uh, you know, seeing beyond your current circumstances, realizing that there was potential for something better than what you'd experienced in, you know, your, your life up until that point. A lot of people never make that decision. A lot of people this is just who I am. This is who my parents were. This is who my grandparents were. This is who I'm always going to be. And they never take that step to move forward. You did and you broke the mold. And, you know, so you you got out of that situation. You joined the Navy. You achieved your goals of becoming a naval aviator. And then after eight years and you're at your post and, you know, that that's your future. You know, you're, you're, this is where you're going. Uh, going to be a career in the Navy, uh, become an officer, things of that nature. And then you just get a a letter that or you get called into the uh, the office and, and saying you're, you're being relieved of duty just because of budget cutbacks. It's got to be extremely rewarding to go from there is no potential for me to do anything else to, hey, I, I did it. I got out. I I made it to the other side. I, I got to where I wanted to be and then to come crashing back down from, hey, this is what I've planned to do. I've achieved these goals. And now what am I going to do? Um, take us to that point where, you know, after eight years in the military, you know, that was your lifelong dream becoming an officer. And then now having to come back to the U.S. You'd been living in Europe, living a, a really fun life, uh, you and Juliana. and that started that seven to 10 year window, but, but what was that feeling like? Yeah. So, you know, you make a great point. So leaving home, it was a huge step of faith for me, um, as you can imagine. So as an 18 year old kid, just not knowing what was ahead of me and, and taking that huge step, but it was such a great experience for me looking back. And I, I really try to document that just to what I was thinking, what I was feeling, going through training and, and just the challenges I went through. And I try to share that. And for me, it was, it was the best thing I could have done at the time. Um, you know, as challenging as it was, you know, all the, the, the training, all the, the, the structure, all of it, I, I definitely look back today and I'm, I'm so thankful for it because it definitely helps me to, to be the person I am today. But, um, you know, to answer your question about, Coming back home, um, you know, I was really in a state of, uh, I don't know, just shock. It was like, wow, this is this is not what we had planned for our life. And I think some people can relate to that, whether it's, um, you know, it could be any list of things that, that people run into, a lot of unfortunate things, and whether it's a, a painful divorce or um, 
you know, any, any list of things you can insert, whatever that situation is, there's just a, a time of shock and there's a time of, um, you know, not really knowing how to deal with it. And so that, that experience lasted for quite a few years, you know, and, uh, it was really just trying to recalibrate and say, okay, you know, I had this plan for my life. What do I do now? And I was, you know, looking back, I, I was very fortunate, you know, the, the military paid for my bachelor's degree and my MBA. And so, you know, it, it was just, it was really good for me, but it was time to move on. And so, you know, the, the process took several years to really kind of get my feet under me. But a big part of that, like I mentioned before, was just really, you know, focusing on my faith. And I became very introspective in the years after my time in the military. Um, and I, I think for me, it was just a time of really taking stock of my life and uh, just being very practical, not just philosophical, but very practical in my life and, and, and pulling things together again. So that's, that's kind of what happened in the year since. And, and I think that that is, you know, you had a choice at that point. You had a choice growing up and then you had a choice when that happened to you. And there's, there's always choices along the way and in the path of our lives, you know, am I going to allow this? This it's knocked me down. Now, am I going to allow it to keep me down or am I going to get back up and am I going to keep going? And I think the the beautiful thing about your story is, you know, you, you had no control over um, how you were you're raised or the, the living environment or anything like or the, the circumstances where you had all those responsibilities. But you did have a choice of how you responded to it and you continued to respond with a, a growth mindset. And that's something that, you know, I, I think we live in a society where uh, people are constantly being fed this line of garbage that, you know, they're, they're victims. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, there aren't bad things that happen. I mean, mm -hmm. you, the, the situation that you grew up in was very real. I mean, it was, it was a very challenging situation, but you overcame it. And, you know, as your book is entitled, you conquered it, you know? So from that standpoint, um, what would you say to people that are out there that, you know, they're, they're in a tough situation and they've uh, experienced some setback. Uh, you've got a lot of tips for them. And what are some of those that you would share today for the listeners that, that are trying to move forward, but, but haven't figured out how just yet? Yeah. So you had mentioned, you know, the growth mindset. And I talk about that in the book. Um, you know, a lot of us are born or actually been, uh, I don't know, raised in the fixed mindset. So uh, there's a wonderful book out called Mindset from Dr. Carol Dweck. And I mentioned that in my book as well, but she really explains the growth mindset really well. And what that is, is, you know, you're not locked in to your situation and you're not locked into your current 
uh, mindset. We can grow just the, the human capacity to learn and grow and to improve is, is pretty amazing. And uh, despite any setbacks or challenges that you face, um, you know, it's not the end of the road. You know, that's, it's not it. I mean, so, you know, so we talk about the growth mindset. We talk about the power of our words, the power of the mind, the power of the human spirit to overcome any situation. Um, and so it's so easy to get to lock, <clears throat> to get locked into, you know, hopelessness or, you know, any, any list of, of negative things we can run into. And I just, I, I make a case that with the power of God in our life and, you know, with just the growth mindset, especially that you can grow from your situation, you can be different, you know, you can visualize your future. God gives us the capacity to, you know, to see the future. And, uh, and what I mean by that is to, to visualize a better reality for ourselves. Uh, is it tough today? Sure. You know, um, but we have the capacity to change and it's just a wonderful, you know, ability that God's given us with his help, of course. Yeah. Well, I, I think that that combination of growth mindset with trusting in God, realizing that he's got plans and a purpose for our life, knowing that that there is something that we're all designed to do and continuing to seek him to try and find what that looks like. Uh, I think that we've all got unlimited potential, no matter how we start, you know, we've all got the ability to keep going. If we have those things as kind of our uh, barometer, as, as, as our guideposts, um, with a fixed mindset, without God in any uh, aspect of your life, or even if you've just got the growth mindset without God, um, it's going to be a very difficult uh, situation because you can achieve worldly success. You can achieve financial gain. You can achieve, you know, all the material things, but you can still be 100% miserable. And so, you know, I think that that is the common, uh, those are the common factors that really allow you to achieve fulfillment because, you know, after that situation where, you know, you're now uh, in that 70, seven to 10 year period where you're really trying to, you're trying to find purpose. You're trying to figure out, you know, what next, you know, this was what I envisioned my life was going to look like. And now it's, it's different. Um, you got to a very dark place in that time frame. Uh, tell us about the the darkest moment there and, and how you got out of that situation. Yeah. So, you know, I left active duty in um, the fall of 2004 and so for about two years, it was, it was a challenge really getting my feet under my, under me. And I think, you know, at the time we were just getting into the great recession and, uh, you know, I was in an industry that was booming and then it came to a stop. And so I ran into that situation and right about the same time, my mother had passed away. My, my father had passed away, um, just a few years prior to that. And I, you know, it was just a lot of things that came together, you know, all at once. And between the years of 2003 and 2006, just a lot of challenging things happened. It was just one thing after another, seemingly. And so in October of 2006, you know, I really came to my, my lowest point uh, ever in my life. And, uh, you know, up to that point, I was always a very strong, you know, 
mentally strong person for the most part, but it was just a lot of things together. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've thought very seriously about ending my life and I've never thought that way before. And, um, that was October of 2006. And, you know, fortunately I think God brought me through that and, uh, just, I saw some light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. And so about two months later, you know, we found out that, that Julianne was pregnant and Roman, my son Roman was on the way. And of course that, that gives you hope that gives you a, a change in perspective and, you know, that, that changed things for the good. And so he came along the next August and, you know, of course the, that new journey of being a dad was just such a timely thing for me. It was just, it was just awesome. Um, as you can imagine, and you know, as a dad, so it was just great, but I was still struggling and, and still developing the tools of resilience and just taking a look at my life and what I was going to do. But it was just a literally a one day at a time process. Um, it wasn't some, you know, something that happened overnight and it was just overnight and things were great. And, you know, and, and those stories do happen. They do happen. But for me, it was not the case. But, um, you know, but, but God brought me through that and gave me strength. And it really started. That was really the start of the journey for me in October 2006, hitting rock bottom and starting over. And that's really kind of the basis of this book was hitting bottom and then just building yourself back up, you know, one day at a time, one prayer at a time. And that's kind of the genesis of the book. You know, we always hear it's it's darkest before the dawn, but you know that literally happened in in your situation. You know, two months before you find out that you're going to be a dad, you know, you almost ended your life when a new life was about to begin. And and you know what I want our listeners to understand, one hundred percent clear is is just like there is a loving god in heaven who wants the best for us who's who's got plans to prosper us do us no harm hope and a future for every single person out there there is an enemy that is looking to kill steal and destroy and he wants to mess up every plan that god has for you and he wants to take you out of this earth that is his goal every single day and you know a lot of times he wants to stop something before God does what he's trying to accomplish. And so, you know, all of the things that you've accomplished since then, man, you know, even writing this book to encourage people through the, the challenges and the struggles that you faced, that's difficult to share. But at the same time, it just shines a little bit more light in the darkness. And so the enemy knew, God knew and the enemy knew what was going to happen in your life afterwards. And, you know, he wanted to try and stop it before it got started. And there are so many people that they face extremely difficult situations and they do succumb to the the darkest day. They do succumb to, uh, you know, the, the fact that th it's never going to get any better. And and I just know that 
you know, we're all going to experience extreme difficulty in life. You know, for me, it was 2015. That was the hardest year of my life. You know, that was uh, leaving my father-in-law in business. That was, you know, my, my grandfather having a stroke January the 9th. My dad diagnosed with bladder cancer. Later on that same day, losing 40% of my income, my other grandfather dying, you know, trying to get all my clients moved over and, and all this stuff and not knowing where my next paycheck was going to come from. In the natural, it was extremely difficult and I had no idea how any of it was going to work out. And in the spiritual, it was a year of growth. It was a year of peace. It was a year of, um, you know, God drawing me closer to him as I drew closer to uh, you know, and the scripture tells us that if we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. And, and from that standpoint, you know, even something that the enemy meant for harm, God can use for good. And so like that dark day is now going to be a moment of hope for other people as they hear your story, as they hear your testimony, because there's somebody out there right now that is probably hanging by a thread. They're trying to you know, just get through like the next couple of hours. And so I, I think it's very important that people know that, that this too shall pass, you know, that the worst situation that you're facing in your life, it's a season. And sometimes those seasons are moments. Sometimes those seasons are days. Sometimes they are months. Sometimes they are years. They could be decades, but, you know, the sooner we press into God and the things that he wants to try to do, the sooner we can start to move forward in the path that he's got for us. And it's going to be so much better than what we ever hoped, dreamed or imagined. And um, so, you know, what would you say to somebody that that's out there that that's hanging by a thread, having been in their shoes? You know, you'd mentioned it just now. Uh, it's a season. You know, we're all going to go through different types of seasons, you know? And so in the book, I, I take the reader on my highest highs and my lowest lows. And then, you know, we go from there. It's, uh, you know, it, as dark as that time was, it came and went. And, you know, we still have challenges. Um, you know, I'm human. I still have my days. But um, I've got the tools now to realize that, you know, yeah, it's just, it's a short season. We're going to get through this and to you know, be responsible and accountable for all your thoughts and what you say. I mean, we can control that as tough as it is. And, you know, you feel what you feel and, and that's, that's real, but, you know, we have the capacity to, to change things. And I'm, like I mentioned before, I mean, you know, today's a tough day, but it's not going to last forever. So, and that's, that's the key, you know, to, to resilience. And we talk about that in the book. How do I, how do I get more resilient? How do I get more mentally stronger? How do I, how do I get spiritually stronger? I mean, there are things that we have to, to do and, you know, it's our responsibility to do that. We can't just tread through life or we're going to be weak, you know, mentally and spiritually and emotionally. So I really do everything I can to, to provide what I've learned in my life and pass it along. You know, so so those are the keys, resilience and then, of course, hope. So you can have all the self-discipline in the world, and that's great. But I think, you know, there's a lot of disciplined people who still lack hope. They still, there's something missing in their life. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, the, some of those really disciplined people 
um, you know, sometimes they end up in a not so good place. But so we talk about that, too. But now I'm able to look back objectively of all the, all of my experiences and, and the, the dark time. And, and, and I was able to write about it finally and to put some thoughts on paper. So it was just really just a great experience for me to look at it and kind of evaluate it. And, you know, it's been so many years now. It's been over 15 years. So, you know, a lot of the pain is, is not there. So I was able to look at it and just keep it in its right perspective and put it in, on paper for the reader. So it was just a great experience. I think it's always important for people that that are in a challenging situation to hear from somebody that's been in their their same shoes. And I, I know that, um, you know, again, you, you, if you're trying to get out of a ditch, you want to know from somebody who's been in the ditch uh, versus, you know, somebody who's uh, never run off the road. And so um, I know that it's for me, I, that's who I always want to hear from is somebody that that's actually walked through the situations that they're talking about versus there's a lot of people that, that give you, you know, practical application and, and, you know, five-step process, this, that, and the other, but they've never really had the life experiences that go along with the stuff that they're talking about. They haven't been punched in the mouth to see how they will respond yet. So it's, it's easy to talk about all kinds of great and wonderful things, but if you haven't experienced real adversity or, or extreme setback or uh, depression or, or, you know, those things that, that really are extreme trials, then, you know, it's really hard to, to give people advice that, that may be in, you know, completely different circumstances. And, and one thing, I, again, I want to make very clear to people out there is, is suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. So if there is somebody out there that's listening, that, that is looking for hope. You need to know that God loves you. God's for you. He hasn't left you. He's never going to forsake you. And, and from that standpoint, you know, the, the more we reach out to him and ask him to move in our situation versus, versus just thinking that it's all on us, you know, the, the sooner we fall on our knees and, and face him and, and realize like we've got to have his help in order for our life to go the way that it's truly supposed to go in his eyes, uh, the sooner our situation is going to get better. And, um, you know, you mentioned some of those disciplined people that, that don't have hope without him. There is no hope. You know, there may be temporary, uh, you know, there may be, you know, you make the big sale, you get the new car, you buy the nice house, you, you got, you know, X amount of dollars in the bank account or investments, whatever, but it's all fleeting without him. And yes. now I'm in an industry that is defined by that stuff. And I'm just telling you that without him, it's uh, I, I've got some very successful people that I know that, you know, the ones that have him completely different mindset, completely different spirit. Uh, the ones that don't, you know, I can't figure out why this isn't working out for me. So I think that that's a, a critical element and, and very important. So I mentioned this in the book, you know, I'm, I'm not a pastor or religious expert or um, a mental health expert. So I, I make that very clear. I, I just tell my story and um, you know, I just think it's so helpful to have practical things in your life, things that, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, waking up when you, when your alarm clock goes off and not hitting snooze. That is the first win of the day. 
Um, you know, and that's not a very spiritual thing, but it's just a practical thing. So, you know, I, I just pass along, you know, everything that I've, I've learned along the way. And it's just, uh, I, I just, I just hope it's just a, a blessing to people. Well, I know it was a blessing to me and I know it will be a blessing to every person that, that reads it. Uh, so how can they learn more? How can they, how can they get the book? Yeah. So it's uh, Conquer is on Amazon. So it's in both paperback and also on Kindle. So you can order it either way. Um, you can also reach out to me and I, I've got some copies I can provide as well. Um, so that's the main, uh, main ways to get the book. So the quickest way is probably on Amazon. Excellent. Well, again, I would highly encourage you all to, uh, to read it and you will definitely enjoy it hearing more about, uh, Bert and the things that he's accomplished and also, you know, finding out more of those practical applications as to how you can walk through various situations. And, um, I think that it's, it's extremely, it's a good one. It's his first one, but uh, I think there will be more. And uh, I'm excited to see what else God is, is going to do in your life. So, Bert, thank you so much for joining us today. Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah. So if, if you guys enjoyed this podcast, uh, you could check us out on Facebook, Living Life on Purpose, and then also on Instagram, Living Life on Purpose Always find out more episodes. And, and this is anywhere that you can find uh, a podcast. We are available living life on purpose with Matt Wilson. So thanks so much. Share this with your friends and, uh, and let us know what you liked about it. So until next time. 